Well, we're going to continue uh, in our quest to be what God wants us to be or what he's called us and said we are, and that is contagious Christians. I want all the contagious Christians to say, hallelujah. Amen. Spread it around. Now, our keynote verse is Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, from the Sermon on the what? The Sermon on the Mount. I've got some friends in Israel right now and some, some that just returned. In fact, Casey Sitter, Casey and Dana Sitter, the gentleman you saw, they ju- I think they just returned from Israel. We also have some friends that are there right now. Uh, Beverly said she saw uh, some pictures on Facebook. She said, I want to go back. I'm going to take my sister and I want to take uh, somebody else. She's ready to go back. And, uh, of course, I said nothing, but in my eyes I was going, ching, 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 ching. The cash register was ringing. So we'll have to... We have to go sell cans or something, get her back there. But uh, Jesus, on his first sermon message, really recorded message, he declared to us who we are as his disciples. He said, really, he gave two illustrations. He said, you are what? And you are light. Everyone say, I'm salt and I'm light. He didn't say you're supposed to be salt and light. He said, you are. Everybody say, you are. Look at somebody, point your finger. It's only a good time to point a finger at somebody. Point at them and say, you are salt and you are light. And then say, I am salt and I am light. That's who we are. It is our, it is our identity as believers, as Christians, as disciples. This is who we are. And that's what he wanted us to understand, is that our identity is wrapped up uh, in the fact that we are salt and we are light. We are to be basically contagious Christians. Those who spread the, the love and the message and the joy and the forgiveness of God to those we come in contact with. Uh, in fact, I, I have to tell you that, um, let's see, Wednesday morning, early in the middle of the night, I can't remember, Thursday morning, early, uh, whenever it was, I came down with strep throat. I was not real contagious, but you didn't want to slop, swap saliva with me uh, or drink after me. Uh, and so thank the Lord for uh, amoxicillin. I'm doing much, much better. I don't think I'm contagious, but I hope, hopefully today I will be contagious with the, with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, that's what God wants us to be is contagious. That's who we are. Are We are here to be contagious. Now, uh, with, uh, with the theme of sports kind of in the air, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I just want to show you something to, to validate uh, my angle this morning. Verse 24 says this, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. What I want you to see is Paul's using a sports illustration. Did you see that? He goes on to say, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or disciplined in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not as uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others... I myself should become disqualified. So 
I threw that out just to let you know, hey, if Paul uh, uh, felt it was a good way uh, and a good angle to communicate truth, to use a sports illustration, I'll do the same thing this morning for you. I feel like I'm in good company. And, and though life's not a game, how many of you know evangelism and reaching the world is not a game? It's not like, you know, when you think of a game, uh, eh, it's just a game. Uh, I'm not speaking from that angle. Though life's not a game, we are in fact, if you will, competing for the souls of men. And so we need to recognize that. And, and it really is, it's time to get in the game. Tell somebody it's time we get in the game. It's time to get in the game. You ever heard these phrases? Get your head in the game, man. Your wife ever told you that? No, I hope not. Get your head in the game. If you want to just get something off your chest, tell somebody right now. Get your head in the game. Come on, get your head in the game. In other words, you gotta, you got to engage with the process here. And then, and then I've heard this one too. Get your game face on. I don't know what the game, what do you think the Christian game face is? Probably that. Who knows? I don't know. Amen. With that in mind, I want to show you a little clip. I heard this story years ago, Fran Tarkington. Uh, and for you uh, younger crowd, he was a quarterback for Vikings, for the Vikings. But here's the story you may never have known. So uh, it's a great story, and I wanted you to hear it out of his mouth. It's from a little clip called Moments. Fran Tarkington, let's hear from him now. Hi, I'm Fran Tarkington. My moment was, well, there could have been many, but my most important moment, I was a sophomore at University of Georgia. They were going to redshirt me. We're playing in Austin, Texas. We get into the fourth quarter. I haven't played at all. Uh, they punted to our team on the five-yard line. I put myself in. I ran, on the, I ran onto the field. They were going to redshirt me and, and, and give me four more years of eligibility. And, and I said I didn't want to be redshirted. I could play. I could help our team right then. But uh, Wally Butts, the coach, said, ah, that's a right attitude, but we're still going to redshirt you. But I was determined not to be redshirted. I was a third-string quarterback. If I don't make that move at that time, I might never have played college football because the two guys ahead of me were really good players. And by taking, I created a sense of desperation. I just felt I had to play. I had to get in, and, and I, I felt I could play. We were behind seven to nothing. They punted to, uh, to us. We, we caught it on the, on the five-yard line. The quarterback who was in the game, Charlie Britt, made the, a, a cardinal mistake. He was sitting on the side at the bench still. I saw him sitting on the bench, and I ran onto the field. My teammates said, what are you doing in here? I said, I come to win this game. We marched 95 yards. We score 7-6, first year of the two-point conversion. That moment was so important because uh, uh, I created a sense of desperation that I had, to, I had to play because I thought I could be, play better than the rest of the people and I could, I could lead this team to victory. A year later, we, I led them to the SEC championship, made all SEC, All-American, drafted by the Vikings, and there, there we are. I believe in myself that I, I was going to find ways to make myself work because successful people do that. But I do look back on that pivotal time when I, as an 18-year-old sophomore at the University of Georgia, just went onto the field. Our team seven nothing behind. That moment was a transformational moment for my life. Amen. Now that, that stirs me up. Now did you get what he said? The starting quarterback was setting where? Let me just say there's two thoughts about this. If, if, you're the, if, if you're 
on the team, don't find yourself sitting on the bench. You get it? And if you get a chance in life, it's time to just check yourself. It's time to get in the game, man. Amen. Everybody say, let's get in the game. If that's what I want to talk to you about today, about God's global game plan for our life. You could call it the 4G plan. God's global game plan for our, no, it's 3G, God's global game plan. It's not 4G. We hadn't had the upgrade yet. Uh, uh, we've got a global game plan that God has for our life. And really, it's for all of us. And it is this, global impact. Everyone say global impact. You see, when God looked down upon our world, he just didn't see our world. He saw the whole world. He's got the whole world. Boy, y'all are a little weak. I'll try it again. He's got the whole world. He got the whole world. He got the whole world. He got the whole world. Amen. You know, that's not even in my notes. It just hit me like that. But God looked down and he saw the whole world. He cares about the whole world. And he created a global game plan for us. And it is in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. It's called the great what? The great commission. And the great commission says this, go therefore and make disciples. I'll stop because verse 18 is not there. He says, he said, I give you authority. I have the authority to, get, to, to give this to you. It's a commission. I have authority and I'm giving it to you. Go therefore and make disciples of what? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That was Jesus' last words. His great commission before he ascended to the Father. And so here we are today with the Great Commission. We have, we have the responsibility to make a global impact in the world. And listen carefully, wherever you are, that's your part of the world that God has called you. And He also has called us corporately to reach beyond these four walls and to reach beyond this city and reach beyond even this nation. And, and so we make an endeavor to reach around the world. And just a month, I'll be standing in front of 176 kids as we give them clothing and with their parents potentially there and be able to share the glorious message of the gospel with them. Uh, and hopefully not only will we clothe them with clothes, but we'll clothe them with the life of Christ. And they'll walk off that hillside knowing that the living water lives and flows through their life. Amen. And so that's God's global game plan for all of us. And it's time for us to get in the game. Everybody say we got to get in the game. It's time for us to get in the game and not miss our opportunity to do what God's called us to do. And so, uh, you know, Fran Tarkington realized that this might be his last shot at getting in the game. And we don't know how long we have to get in the game. Some people think, well, you know, I'm going to wait till, uh, you know, I graduate high school. I'm going to wait till I uh, graduate college. I'm going to wait till I get married and have kids. I'm going to wait till I get this monkey off my back. I'm going to wait until I finish Bible school. Listen, uh, I go back to uh, the woman at, uh, at the well that Jesus met and hey, she was uh, undone, uneducated and, and unspiritual and immoral and she met the Christ. And she, she got immediately into the game and ran back to her city and ran back to her town, 
ran back to her community and said, come see a man who told me all the things I've ever done. And so it's time for us to get in the game. Everybody say, we've got to get in the game. So with that in mind this morning, I want to give you some thoughts about things you and I need to be involved with in order uh, to be a part of God's global game plan for our life. And it is this, number one, you got to be enrolled on the team. You got to, to do your part, you got to be enrolled in the team. You got to be a member of the team. And so how do you be a, a part of the team? Well, you, you got to be born again. Everybody say, be born again. What did Jesus say? You must be what? You got to be born again in order to be a part of the family of faith. You've got to be born again. And we know that to be born again, we've got to believe that Jesus died for us. This is the gospel that he paid a price for us on Calvary's cross, that his blood was shed for our sin and that he paid the price for our sin with his blood and that he, that he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, he rose again, just as he said he would. That's the gospel. And when you believe that, you'll be born again. You trust him as the Lord and leader of your life. Last Sunday, we had four people make commitments to Christ. And I believe they were what? They were. And you know what? Their, their names were written where? In the Lamb's Book of Life. They got on, they're, they're on the team. Amen. Everybody on the team, give somebody a high five. Say, welcome to the team. Now, if you're not born again today, you can be born again and we can welcome you on the team. I love how Jesus dealt with his disciples that he was looking for. In Matthew chapter 4, he, he, he found Simon and Andrew. And Simon and, pardon me, it's Peter and Andrew, uh, Simon and Andrew at the time. He found them. And what were they? They were fishermen. They were just lowly fishermen. And he walked into their world and without getting involved with the details, he told them this. Follow me and I will do what? I'll make you fishers of men. And so what did they do? They left their nets and they began to follow him. You know what they did? They, they, they welcomed the invitation to be on the team. And Jesus invited them on the team and they began to follow him. Listen, uh, the, the evidence that you're on the team is not that you walked an aisle. The evidence that you're on the team is not that you filled out a card. The evidence that you're a born-again believer is not just uh, with the bumper sticker on the back of your car. The evidence of, your, of, of the fact that you belong to Christ is if you're following Him and He's the Lord and leader of your life. Could I get a better amen? The evidence of being on the team is not that you come to church every once in a while. The evidence is that I'm following Christ. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. I'm endeavoring to live like Christ. And he lives on the inside. And he is my Lord and the leader of my life. So you got to be enrolled on the team to get in the game. And so that's so hugely important. And you know what? Here's the, the reality. True team players, you know what they do? They always follow their leader. And people who aren't team players, they're not following the leader. They never get in the game. Today, when we look at the Super Bowl, watch the Super Bowl, I'm, what you're going to see, nobody got there being independent in their life. I promise you, that got worked out of them somewhere, some way. Now, they all have an ego, right? But listen, there, no, no team will win. No one person will win. It'll be the whole team. No one person will win the Super Bowl today. It'll be the entire team. It's a team effort. And so you've got to be enrolled in the team. I love the old chorus we used to sing as I was a kid. <clears throat> I don't know if I can sing it or not. Uh, it just says, I have decided to follow Jesus. 
I have decided to follow Jesus. That's what the disciples did. They said, we want to be on the team. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I'll follow. And that's what discipleship is all about. Hey, if we want to, if we want to be a part of God's global game plan, we've got to be enrolled in the team. We've got to begin to follow him and serve him and give him our life. Amen. Number two, if you want to do your part in God's global game plan to win this world to Jesus Christ, win Beaumont to Jesus Christ, win your co-worker to Jesus Christ, win your family member to Jesus Christ. Number two, you've got to be engaged with the team. Now, I'm not talking about from a matrimonial standpoint. How many of you know there are people who are disengaged in the local church? They think the church is, is a place where you come feed me, heal me, bless me. They think it's a cruise ship for the saints. You met them cruise-matics? Well, let's go to church. Woo, pastor, that, woo, I felt good. Hallelujah. And then when it didn't go so good, they, oh, that wasn't so good. Like, I thought you were supposed to make me feel good. How many of you know, Jesus never promised you'd come to church, it'd make you feel good. It might help you. How many of you, some of the things that are best for you make, make you hurt? Right? Isn't that right? Therapy? Right? I mean, my wife's been through therapy, and I see Shannon here. Look, we need to pray. Uh, uh, Shannon's he's recovering, and he's out of the hospital. We need to pray for Shelly, because he's home for a while. So, uh, Lord, help Shelly. Amen. I'm just joking. But, hey, it doesn't, it doesn't, my wife, when she does, she, she'll cry out. I know now it, it might be, I mean, I'll be another room out here go, Oh! I don't even, doesn't even bother me anymore. <laughs> she just cries out because some of the things that are good for her, uh, uh, they're, they're painful. Listen carefully. Church, uh, uh, hey, if you're going to do your part uh, in this global game plan that God has to win the world, we've got to be engaged with the team because understand something, uh, world evangelism and reaching our world for Christ is not a solo effort. It's not solo saints. It's the family of faith working together to accomplish God's kingdom purpose in the earth. Amen. I think of the first century church in Acts chapter 1, and you can turn there later and look, but if you just start in Acts 1, you start looking at all the references to uh, them and they and we and us. It's not a I-me mindset. It's a we, them, they, us. Everybody say we, them, they, us. What's that? That's the team mindset. And, and that began with the words of Jesus. He, he, he began to speak to them. And they began to get the, oh, he's talking about we. He's talking about us. Oh, man. And so it says they were with one accord in one place. They were giving themselves to, to, to prayer and supplication. And, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And then they went all out into the city and and the, the power and the presence of God was released and, and evangelism began to happen and the, God's global game plan began to get, go to work when people were engaged with the team, amen? You know, I, I'll give you, you know, that preach is good, but then you got to apply it. You can say amen, but let me give you a great idea. Next Sunday morning at 9.30, 9.20, why don't you get engaged with the team and be in Sunday circles? 
That'd be a great opportunity. Let me explain Sunday circles to you. It won't hurt you. It'll help you. There's donuts and coffee. There'll be six tables set around with about eight chairs around each, each table. Uh, and and uh, we'll get together. We'll come together. We'll introduce a topic. I'll introduce a topic. We'll pray. Uh, and then we'll introduce a point. You'll discuss it a few minutes. I'll come back and introduce another point. You'll discuss it a few minutes. And then I'll come back and introduce a final point. You'll discuss it a few minutes. You'll memorize a verse and you'll all get out of here uh, at, uh, before church starts and you can have time to recoup and you'll grow spiritually and you'll become engaged with the family of faith. Amen? Everybody say, you gotta be enrolled. You gotta be engaged. I wanna encourage you. I wanna ask you. I wanna challenge you as your pastor to step it up. Everybody say, step it up. How many of you know, <clears throat> I just heard a story of J.J. Watt. If I could have found his jersey out of well, it probably would have been expensive. I would have prayed about buying it. But listen, this guy is, you know what he's doing right now? Uh, well, I don't exactly know what he's doing, but, uh, but I learned he, he, he bought a, a, a log cabin up in Wisconsin. I think that's where he's from. And he's turning it, an area of it into workout. He's just going to spend the entire off season working out to be ready for next season. Because he wants to be engaged and prepped and ready for next season. Hey, that's the kind of people I want in church. Amen? Who are always mental. They got their head in the game. They're prepared. They're ready. Hey, it wouldn't hurt to be here. It'd certainly help you uh, next Sunday at 930. Everybody say Sunday circles. Amen. In fact, Jesus sent his disciples out. You remember, he didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out at least two by two. Right? It's a team effort. You got to be engaged with the team. I was in a leadership conference Thursday, a round table with a guy named Gerald Brooks. Wow. Love this guy. He's serious business. Uh, Ryan's been with me to one of his conferences and it was a day round table. I went there for two reasons. Two. Well, the first one is, I think this was my motive. The first one is great leadership truths and principles. The second one was they gave me an iPad. So, hey. I'm showing up for those two motivations and they just love pastors. They love equipping pastors, paid them $80 for a day for worth hundreds of dollars worth of truth. And then they gave me an iPad because they love preachers and pastors and want to help them. And he's, he's, he, he has five keys to successful ministry and service. And I love this. This is a, this certainly goes along with uh, being engaged with the team. The first one is this. If you want to be successful in service to God, show up. Everybody say show up. Man, you got to show up. I'm asking you Sunday morning at 930, just show up, okay? But then take it another level. Show up on time. Don't come, don't come dragging in here. Dragging in here 30 minutes late. How many of you, if you show up late at work, what do they do to you? Do they bless you? They lay you off? Do they say, oh, God bless you, we understand. Here's 30... $30 rate. No, they don't do that. That doesn't work that way. But, and so how, how should we teach, how should we treat the team of God, the, the family of faith different than those who, who, hey, we get eternal blessings here. Gerald says, show up. Everybody say, show up. Number two, he said, show up on time. How many of you know God's a God of time? Amen. And then number three, show up prepared. That's a thought. Did you know most people at work, that, that just blows their, that doesn't go along. How many of you know, the workplace, they think they get a brownie star if they just show up and, and double brownie star if they show up on time. 
But what if they show up unprepared? There's no brownie stars for being unprepared. Show up prepared. Everybody say, show up prepared. And then number four, Gerald says this, show up ready to do your best. Now that's a real thought. We give God our best. And then number five, he said, show up and do it for Jesus. Amen. Everybody say, let's do it for Jesus. Amen. Let's do it for Jesus. Man, this is athletic sport. Everybody say, show up and do it for Jesus. There you go. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. You know what? The Christian faith is not a spectator sport. We got to be engaged with the team and get involved with the team. And number three, if you're going to do your part in this God's global game plan, number three, you got to be equipped for the task. That's what Sunday Circles is all about, being equipped for the task. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, Paul talks about the five-fold ministry. He says this, he said, God gave us pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, uh, uh, apostles. There's five different uh, leadership uh, positions and places in the church. And it says, he gave them to us for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Everybody say Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. It's the fivefold ministry. It's the church at work. What does, what's the responsibility? To equip the saints. Let, let me tell you something. You watch today's game. Those guys are equipped. Not only are they physically equipped, man, they've got all the right equipment. They've got electronics. They've got everything they need. Man, there's everything. Hey, all the the latest technology, they've got all the equipment. Listen, God has some equipping for all of us. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, he said, you've got to to study, you've got to read, you've got to prepare, you've got to be equipped. Amen. I always use Kobe. Kobe. Doesn't Kobe do a great job opening the Word? He does a great job. Where's Kobe? Do you have to go to work? He did have to go to work. Uh, Kobe's a, a nurse, a nurse anesthetist. Did I say it right? Hey, I've, I've, I've got it after two years. A nurse anesthetist. Now, he's never had to put me to sleep, but let me just say, aren't you glad he's equipped? You wouldn't want to see the nurse anesthetist read the instruction manual as he's about to, in, right? We've got to be equipped for the task. Amen. Hey, Sunday Circles will help you do that. Next Sunday, what time? 9.30. See you there. And then number four, if you want to be a part of God's global game plan for your life, not only must you be enrolled on the team and engaged with the team and equipped for the task, you've got to be empowered for the task. Jesus knew that when he gathered his disciples as the resurrected Christ in Acts chapter 8. You can read it. He gathered them together and he said, hey, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. You go there and wait. And when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea. Here comes the God's global game plan. He said, you'll receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the what? Uttermost parts of the earth. Listen, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, not only to live. How many of you know without the Holy Spirit, you can't live right? He he gives us the fruit of the Spirit in our life. That is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. 
Thank God for the Holy Spirit in our life. But not only does He help us live right, He helps us love right. And to love this world like, God, like Jesus loves the world. And lay our lives down on the altar of sacrifice for the sake of others. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you this week to take you some genuine time to wait upon the Lord and say, Jesus, fill me uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Listen, just because you're born again and on the team does not mean you have all the power that you need. You read the Gospels and you read Acts and you'll discover, you go through Acts, there was a, a church they visited and they said, have you uh, received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we don't even, hadn't heard anything about the Holy Spirit. And they prayed for them. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. You can't, you can't, don't leave home without it. Amen. We need to spend some time and Lord, fill us, empower us for the task of global harvest. We need the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit in our life on a daily basis. Amen. In fact, let's just pause and ask the Lord for that. Hey, and if you want, lift your hand. Lord, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to fulfill your kingdom purpose in the earth. Thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. If you want to be a part of God's global game plan, you got to be a part of the team. you got to be enrolled. you got to be engaged with the team. you got to be equipped. you got to be empowered. And then number five, got to step out and be evangelistic with the world. That's what Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is all about. Go into all the world. And hey, we, God loves, how many of you know God loves Thailand? God loves India. We've got people there. God loves Mexico. We have people there. God loves uh, 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 Africa. We've got people there. Just some great people we love and support uh, all over the world, people around the world. God loves the whole world. But how many of you know God loves Beaumont? God loves Sour Lake. God loves Lumberton. God loves the, the people across the street from you. They were a part of your world. And we must become what Jesus said we were. He said, you are salt and you are light. Amen. That's who you are. And he's put you where you are so you can be salt and light. In fact, if we went back to Matthew 5, he'd say, yeah, hey, you're salt and light. And he said, the, the world will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, your life, will, your life will be so influential that the world will see and witness what's going on in your life and they'll begin to give their life to Christ and begin to glorify God as well. We've got to become evangelistic in the world. In fact, I want to close with this verse right here. I want you to look and go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now, if you know anything about Paul and Timothy, you know Timothy is... Paul's uh, son in the faith and, and like his successor, if you will. And, and most people believe by the reading of these two letters that Timothy was timid. He, was a, he had some fear in his life. That's why Paul told him in, I think, the first one, there's no, no fear. Uh, hey, fear not. Everybody say fear not. He said, God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then we get over in chapter 4, the last few words of Paul's, uh, uh, last few recorded words of his life. 
He says in chapter 4, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's no more beating around the bushes here. There's no more gentle, uh, you know, uh, uh, fatherly leadership. It's down to a charge. It's down to a, a, a declaration and a, a determined charge to his son in the faith, Timothy. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, listen. hey, you need to understand, Timothy, who's listening and who's watching. And who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Everyone say, preach the word. Now, hey, for us, that's proclaim the word. You see, you've got to open your mouth wide and begin to proclaim the glorious good news of Jesus Christ. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Everyone say that. And do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry if you want to be a part of God's global game plan you've got to take this to heart and realize that God is looking at all of us it doesn't matter if we're timid it doesn't matter what our personality is the responsibility of who we are salt and light is still there and we must all proclaim the word and do the work of an evangelist. That's who we are. Amen. It's time we get in the game. We can't be sitting on the sidelines. When it's time to get in the game, we can't be sitting on the sidelines, sucking air, checking Facebook. Come on now. Am I right? I know I'm right. It's time for us to get in the game and to do our part in God's global game plan to win this world to Jesus Christ. And so today as we close, I want us in just a moment to stand. And when we stand, I'm going to give everyone here an opportunity. If you're here today and you've never really given your life to Christ, you've never been uh, enrolled in the team, today you can. It, hey, It'll be as easy as just trusting God with your life. Say, I trust you. Everyone say, I trust you. At some point, you have to trust Him and have faith. For by grace, you are saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. We're going to pray for you and also pray that God would give us all grace to get in the game and to check ourselves in and just like Fran Tarkington did, run out onto the field and say, I'm here to help win somebody to Jesus Christ. Let's stand together today. Father, today as we stand together and as we come together, and Lord, this would be a super Sunday if just one were here who would make a commitment to Christ. Lord, it would also be a super Sunday if there were believers here who would find themselves getting up off the bench and getting in the game and beginning to make a difference in this 
global game plan to win your world to Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, today I pray for those who are here. I pray if there's anyone who's never really said yes to Jesus, I pray today you would give them the faith in their heart to believe what you said is true and to trust you with their eternity. Lord, today I thank you for it. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me quickly just say to you again, here's what you got to believe. you got to believe that Jesus paid for your sins on Calvary's cross. You've got to believe that he died for you and rose again the third day so you could have new life. That's the gospel that will set people free. That's the gospel message that set me free and put me on track with the purpose of God for my life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, you know, today I just don't know that I've ever really given my life to Christ. I don't know that I'm a part of the team. I've never really made a commitment to Christ. But today I want to do that. I want to trust Christ. As the Lord and the leader of my life, I believe what you said. I believe what the Bible says. That he died for me, that he paid a price for me, and he rose again the third day so I could have new life. I believe that, and today I want to invite Christ into my heart. If that's you, wherever you are, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Today I want Jesus into my heart. I want to join the team today. Anyone here, just lift it up. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I will pray for you. Just lift your hand and wave it at me so I can see anyone here. Finally today, if you're here and you've never, uh, you've, you've been in the, you feel like you belong to Christ, but you've never really engaged in this thing called evangelism and reaching others with the cause of Christ. And today you want to, you want to get in the game from the standpoint of being a part of God's global game plan. If that's you today and you can say, Pastor, today with, 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 uh, all the spiritual intestinal fortitude I can. I want to get off the bench and get in the game. I don't want to miss my moment to be a part of God's global game plan and reaching people for Christ. This week, I want to be engaged not only with the team, but, but involved in people's lives who need Christ. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you say, that's me, Pastor. Today, I want to get in the game. I, I want to. I see hands going up. Let's pray together. Father, today, we just agree together. And I pray for those who may be here, Lord Jesus, who've never given their life to you. And Lord, though they may not have lifted their hand, I pray today that they would pray this prayer. Let's pray this prayer together just in case there's someone here who would like to be led to Christ. Let's pray this prayer. Father, in Jesus' name. Let's pray it out loud. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you. And I thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die for my sin. I thank you that he rose again the third day so I could have new life as well. I invite Jesus into my heart to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I believe you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for my new life in Christ. In Jesus' name. And Father, for these that lifted their hands and said, I'm ready to get in the game, we pray you'd fill us all with the Holy Spirit, but especially these, Lord, who are ready to be engaged not only in, in the family of faith, but engaged in the ministry of evangelizing their world. Lord, I pray you would empower them, you would equip them, you would excite them, Lord God, you would strengthen them and empower them. And Lord, we thank you for it. And we pray, Lord God, they'd begin to see immediate fruit because of their commitment to be involved in this global game plan called 
reaching our world for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord and the leader of our life a great big God bless you. Let him know we love him.